Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. All right. Welcome to Sawbones, Marital Tour, Misguided Medicine. I'm your co-host, Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. Bonus. Justin said we don't need an intro to this episode we because don't, the because bonus. The so bonus. we're just going to wing it. No, it's not that we're going to wing it. It's not like it's a low priority. It's because the intro is the setup because this is a unorthodox, completely unheard of episode of Sawbones. Do you know why, Sydney? Because I'm going to challenge you to an Ernie impression off? No. Like quick we were just quick bit of background. Sydney said that my Bert was bad because she stole the Ernie impression. And I think Ernie's way easier to do. It's easier to do a good okay. Ernie. Okay. First of all, we, we're doing this because Charlie loves Bert and Ernie. Actually, Bert. Bert is her favorite, her favorite Sesame Street Sesame character. character. Love. We have a Bert doll. She loves Bert. Ernie's fine because he sings the Rubber Ducky song, but she loves Bert. Bert. But Justin's Bert is sad, this and is my like Ernie is so not relevant. Excellent. I'm just saying, my Ernie is great. I'm giving Sydney. There it is. Because it's a bonus episode, we decided to turn the tables. Uh, this week, I am doing the research for the topic, and Sydney is providing hilarious <laughs> gut busters. I feel. I feel very naked right now because typically, just a little bit of here, you can peek. Behind the camera, behind the microphone, I don't know. Behind the candelabra. Yes. Uh, usually, when we record our show, I have notes in front of me, like a little outline that I've done with with points to make sure I hit, and you know, things like I don't have a script, but things I want to talk about on, mm. you know, for my research. I have nothing. I have. A, I'm looking at a camera of our daughter sleeping. That's yep. it. That's it. This is very anxiety provoking for me, Justin. <laughs> Well, don't be afraid, Sydney. I've got you. All you have to do is be absolutely hysterical. Oh, good. Now I'm much less anxious. Just like I am every week. Never miss a beat. J-Man. <laughs> uh, no. I just don't have that hoops magic. You do you have know. the hoops magic. You better summon it up because that's your job this week is just to say something like just drop the burns, like the hilarious one-liners like I do <laughs> every time. It never fails. Uh, puns? Anyway, Are the kids into puns? We're talking this week about the one medical... Medical is like a stretch, but the one medical like... Medical is quite a stretch, which is, I mean, why I let you cover it. I'm frankly. doing my best here. This is the one topic that relates in any way to physiology whatsoever that I cared about more than Sydney. 
Absolutely. Before and and was knew more about because there's not much to know about. Yeah, no, definitely. I will give you that. You know more about this. You understand it. You appreciate it more than I ever will, probably. Folks, it's time. It's time to talk about ASMR. The moment is here. Is this where we start whispering? Now we whisper. ASMR (laughs) whispering. Now we talk really slowly. There... If you do not know anything about ASMR, this probably seems very, like, the past 30 seconds have probably been very, very perplexing for you. So let me lay it out for you, Sydney. Well, what does it stand for, Justin? It stands for Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response. Hmm. Um, We're going to talk, I'm going to explain that. The, all the words in that, which you obviously understand, but I'm going to understand why we use the words that we do. But let's go back a little bit. Okay. This feeling has not had a name for the vast majority of human history, by which I mean the name ASMR is, is actually only about six years old at this point, a little less, actually. Now, do we need to clarify at this point what feeling you're talking about when you say ASMR? I, I am going to do that. Yeah. Okay. Do I, am I normally like this to you, or I don't understand? Am I like this pushy normally? Is that a Justin thing? To I, like to, I like to think super of it as pushy. probing. Probing. Okay. I'm probing. I just uh, want to know. I, well, I want to make sure that our listeners understand what you, what the feeling you're talking about. It is about. hard to describe. Uh, the reason I say it hasn't had a name for so long is because the advent of the realization that this was a thing that people felt, um, and people aren't even 100% decided that it is a quote unquote real thing. Really? But, yeah. Um, the, because there's just no research on it. But anyway. The feeling I'm describing is here's the best the the, the a, a lot of people have different descriptions of it. Um, most people consider it to be a a tingling is a very common uh, descriptor you'll hear. It is a pleasurable sensation, um, and it is uh, often described as a tingling in the back of the skull, or the top of the head, um, a euphoria. Um, I would call it like good chills. Good chills. That, that's Some, how I always thought of it before I knew there was a name for this and a, a following and like stuff. A fan base. Yeah, yeah. A fan base for it. I would have said, you know, those good, those good chills that you get sometimes it, when. The, one of the best descriptors I've heard is, you know, that feeling when someone puts their nails on a chalkboard, if that feeling had an inverse, the opposite of that sensation and it's hard to describe that sensation when you get down to brass tacks you know right it sets my teeth on edge what does that even mean that means nothing no it like, means you're uncomfortable but that's vague yeah so this is the the uh the, a pleasurable sensation uh that has only recently been discovered as sort of like a phenomenon because uh, before the advent of the internet um it is it is a localized enough experience and sort of a uh, uncommon enough experience. Um, <clears throat> it's unclear, by the way, what percentage of the population experiences it, and and with it's clear that there's a spectrum here. Everybody doesn't. Not everybody can get ASMR or experiences ASMR in the way that most people describe it, or has. I, I've seen accounts of people who have described the having the the tingling effect mm-hmm. like once or twice in their real life. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not something that everybody experiences, but the the, the we'll we'll get to some of the research behind it uh, at some point. But the term ASMR was actually coined in 2010 by a Jennifer Allen. She was a cybersecurity professional residing in New York when she created a Facebook group called ASMR Group, and that is the first, uh, as far as anybody can find, usage of that term. 
February of 2010. Really recent and not something that like the medical field came <coughs> came up with. Right, and not a medical term. I mean, it, in as much as it has not been adopted or widely used by the medical community because they've had no need to because one, it is not um, a diagnosis. It is not something that needs to be treated. Um, and and then the other thing, and maybe I'm rushing you and I'm not trying to be pushy, mm -hmm. but my guess would be it doesn't really have any utility in the medical field. Well, that's unclear. Okay. Um, okay. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, it certainly is something of people have we're said, using regularly. A lot of people have, have and, and this is all anecdotal, because again, there is almost no significant reliable research about it but anecdotally a lot of people have uh talked about it treating um insomnia depression ptsd things like that a calming hmm. effect you know uh, which is not dissimilar from some of the spectrum that you'll see associated with um meditation okay uh, you know that same sort of idea of focus and and um that makes sense and that would that would fit into the picture of why there wouldn't necessarily be a ton of good research on it because unfortunately if there's not a drug you can make based on it nobody's paying for that research right. i mean i know that sounds like a really cynical thing to say i'm not trying to be cynical but just practically speaking that's who pays for the research on these things or drug companies and so a lot of know. people describe discovering it um in their day-to-day -day life before there was an internet when they were younger, right? So mm -hmm. what you hear from a lot of people is they first felt the sensation, which again is like a tingling or a pleasant euphoria that is often brought on by, um, uh, well, there's different things that people say trigger it. Mm -hmm. That's become the popular term is a, is a trigger. Um, there are some more common triggers. We'll talk about those in just a second. A good but trigger. A though. good trigger. Yeah. Well, I think we usually tend to associate the word trigger with bad things. Negative but things, this, yeah. this would be like a positive <clears throat> trigger. A lot of people discover... On, on a fun gun. Say that... <laughs> a fun gun. A pleasure gun. Uh, a lot of people say they, they experience it like when they were younger when... Um, if you ever do the thing where people draw on your back. You ever do that when you're a kid mm -hmm. and you try to get, try to guess like what letter? Yeah. Um, did you ever do light as a feather, stiff as a board? Uh, I did, but it didn't go very well, if memory serves. Um, were you the person being lifted? Or yes, and you... it didn't go well. Can we move on? We don't need well, to Well, I'm just saying, I think that that would be an example of something that if, <laughs> if I were to look back, I probably got that sensation from that. I remember with perfect, 100% clarity, the first time I experienced this sensation. It was at Disney MGM Studios when I was in a pre-teenager. Uh, we went to a, uh, a, there was like a diner restaurant where the st it had like a 50s vibe, you know, like, and everybody, all the waitresses acted like they were yeah. your mom. They would tell you, like, clean your plate and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Um, and <laughs> that sounds like a really fun restaurant. <laughs> it wasn't bad. Um, but the waitress talked about there. there's this one area of the park where they talk about how movies are made. And there's a sound studio mm -hmm. uh, area. And there's a place where you sit down and you put on these headphones and you ha get a, what, what, uh, uh, it was called a binaural haircut. Um, uh, binaural is a type of recording that's very popular in ASMR. This is basically just breaking down the, the channels of left and right audio. But when it recorded, uh, it's recorded in an environment that tries to replicate human hearing. So microphones would be, relatively speaking, placed about where your ear would take those sounds in to try to replicate that. 
So it's like they're in the room with you, giving you the haircut as opposed to just listening to a haircut being done across the room. I remember this waitress saying, we had to check this thing out. She said, when they're cutting your hair, it's like you can feel the scissors because it tricks your brain into thinking that you're really in the environment, right? Sure. So I went and did this this, uh, part of the park uh, in this section and listened to this binaural haircut. If you search uh, binaural haircut or holophonic is another term, holophonic haircut on YouTube, you can actually listen to this right now. Um, the same one? This exact same one, yeah. 100% the same one. Uh, it is one of the f- earliest like 3D audio holophonic binaural things. But I remember having this experience listening to this exact thing. I remember it perfectly. Now, this is weird. Do, would you say then that in general when you get your haircut, you have this sensation I mean, does this hold true in the actual physical world when you have a haircut okay it has from time to time but one of the things about asmr is very closely connected for me and for most people to relaxation right mm-hmm. where a lot of the asmr videos and that's really where this phenomenon became a thing is on youtube mm-hmm. um a lot of ASMR videos are are uh, role play. They are reenacting a situation in your life where you are having an interaction where the impetus, and this is my own editorialization, but the impetus is on the other person to keep the conversation going, right? Like okay. The, the, the impetus is on the other person. And, and it's often conversations that are more altruistic it you know what i mean uh therapy is very popular asmr role play uh, really the doctor exams haircuts massages are very popular asmr role play uh, travel agents there's there's several of, of those eye exams one of the most popular actually is a cranial nerve exam uh that many 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 people who make asmr videos have have replicated okay i have many questions <clears throat> yes okay, one thing travel agents you mentioned yeah that's still a that's still a thing In, that people on YouTube enjoy. It, on YouTube it is. Okay, because I would say that that would be an odd experience for many people. I, for instance, have never been to a travel agent. They don't exist anymore. They don't exist at all? No. They have no. to exist somewhere. There just, has to be one I'm somewhere. Kidding. I'm sure that I, there are travel I agents, just, but I'm just saying in my in my life I've never been to one. So that would be a very odd experience, I think, something different if I were to do that, you know, through the magic of the internet. So that seems strange to me. Uh, also, I, I have to quibble with massage and ASMR because doesn't a massage just feel pleasurable on multiple levels anyway? I mean, how do you One distinguish the... the difference between the really nice feeling of someone actually physically you know, massaging your muscles and, and, and physically relaxing you in a sense and ASMR? Well, the one of the first uh, people started to clump up around certain videos that they described uh, before the inception of the term, a group started forming of people who realized that they were having the same response to certain videos. One of those was a um, a YouTube account that used to just be called Massage Clips. Now it's called Massage Clips ASMR. Uploaded a video in May of 2007. It's the person in the Massage Clips video giving massage to someone else, and they are describing what they're doing as they're doing it. Um, they are very calm, but they're directly addressing not the person they're giving a massage to, but the person 
who is th- theoretically learning how to do the massage. Okay. okay. Does that make sense? I gotcha. <coughs> I want to talk about the term ASMR for a second. Before ASMR was a widely accepted um, uh, uh, term, and that is what almost everybody uses at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, there were several others. Uh, attention induced head uh, orgasm is is one of the more popular ones. I now, can't imagine why that yeah, didn't stick around. Well, that, that's it's it's interesting. You laugh, but it's it's actually a really sort of contentious point um, uh, amongst that community because a lot of people uh, especially if it's being written about in popular culture where like this sort of explanation takes a lot of sense or mainstream publications um, it is described as a a head orgasm or an orgasm for your head and uh, that that's actually not it's it gives it a sexual connotation that a lot of people really push against who are are part of the ASR community because it's much closer to relaxation and and not really sexual in 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 any way. Um, but because the videos are um, a lot of the ASMR videos are very intimate. It does, especially if you're not somebody who experiences this or you're not sort of already um, sort of used to ASMR videos, and and it, it can seem very. I, I think they can have a sexual connotation I, if you're not familiar with the sensation. I can I can see that <coughs> based on a little sneak peek. Justin did have me watch some ASMR videos that we'll talk about at the end of the episode. So um, because I hadn't I hadn't watched anything like that, experienced that at all. And I told Justin that my first the first thing my first impression when I finished them is that I had watched them with Justin in the room with me. And I felt a little uncomfortable as if I was watching something that was forbidden somehow or that uh, that I was kind of self-pleasuring. I know that sounds weird, but I'm, I'm not. I, obviously, I wasn't. Right. But I did. I, I had that feeling like because I was watching something that was supposed to bring me a physical sort of pleasure. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I, so I can understand that the need would be there to push it against that because it's certainly not the same thing. But, but I had that moment where I thought, well, I shouldn't be doing this with my husband in the room. I, should <laughs> if have I'm do I feel this. like I messed up your experience. No, because room. I no, I will get into it. But mm-hmm. I, but I, I did, I had that moment where I thought, well, I, I well, Justin sitting right there. I can't do that with him here. And then I thought that's an irrational thought, but I can see that. I can see that connection. Not that it is certainly the same thing at all, but I can see where, you know, people so, would draw those those ties so people pushed against the the orgasm uh, uh being part of the uh terminology so autonomous sensory meridian response autonomous obviously means you don't control it right sensory it, it is uh from sensory input obviously mm-hmm. response that part is is obvious too it's a response you're having to it um meridian <clears throat> uh, signifying a peak climax or point of highest development So the meridian part is really a reference to the tingles, the orgasm idea, but but in a very clinical in a very clinical way, right? It just makes me think of the prime meridian, which isn't very sexy. Certainly not as sexy as the equator. I mean, if we're just comparing, no, between the two, 
Um, De- geographical demarcations. Uh, okay, so what are the triggers? Uh, oh, wow, we're at 18 minutes already. That can't be right, can it? Oh, gosh. All right, well, moving on. This it's is really hard. a bonus hard. episode. It's really hard. Okay, so triggers. Number one, uh, whispering. And again, these don't apply to everybody, but they, they vary person to person. Some work for right. some people, some don't. And I noticed that was a theme. Yeah, whispering. Uh, in the limited uh, research that has been done into ASMR, uh, one study performed by Nick Davis and Emma Barrett, who are psychologists, discovered that whispering was an effective trigger for 75% of the uh, uh, hmm. subjects that they, that they talked with. Um, another one that is very prevalent is uh, receiving personal attention, specifically of a positive or altruistic nature. Which is why a doctor's exam. Right. Would do that. Therapy, uh, psychologist, eye exam, cranial nerve exam. Right. Uh, makeup application is very common. Uh, Hairstyling. Hairstyle. Sales is another one that's very, like an intimate sale, you know. Uh, an intimate sales experience? Intimate sales experience. Like, um, Have I had an intimate sales experience? A, not at some, I mean, you have to go to some of the more exclusive boutiques. Oh, like, myself. like yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. Like the opposite of pretty woman. The opposite of pretty woman. Like when woman. she walks in, you know what I'm talking about? When she walks into the store and they're mean to her. Right. And then she um, comes in later. Do you remember the part later where she comes in? She's like, big mistake. Big mistake. Huge. Huge. Yeah, um, exactly. The opposite of that. Sounds. Uh, certain sounds are triggers for a lot of people. Um, what sounds? Unclear. Uh, it's not... Uh, any? It, Just uh, Any? It uh, again, it it varies so much person to person. Uh, there's a lot of nails, um, not in a bad way, but nails tapping on things, keyboard. Yeah, crisp, I, no- I noticed that 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 little yeah drumming of your nails. Crisp sounds uh, would be a, a way to to describe it. Um, a a newer thing is mouth sounds. There are some ASMR videos that do not. Uh, uh, appeal to me whatsoever that are about uh, like eating noises, eating noises, or mouth noises, just like people not even talking really. Just oh, in my Ooh. yeah. Okay, no, I don't, I don't like uh, that either. And you would not, no, you don't like mouth sounds. Don't like mouth sounds. No, Justin That's doesn't. A- he actually, from the when we first started dating, if I touch a fork to my teeth, he just. Is Man. negative ASMR. He ASMR. really freaks out. Yeah. He really loses it. Uh. Uh. So, yeah, the funny thing about ASMR is if you do experience it, watching videos that do not have your triggers in it kind of make you want to punch the TV or punch the computer screen. Uh, what's the number one ASMR trigger? The one that almost everybody can agree on. Mr. Bob Ross. Really? Bob Ross. If you need to understand the idea of, of ASMR, Bob Ross is the best way of describing it. Bob Ross is number one. Chill as hell. Bob Ross yeah. is calm he's not whispering he's speaking softly it's down here bob ross is speaking to you a lot of the time that's directly addressing you that's true but not expecting anything of you it's very positive altruistic content he's 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 talking to you altruistically third the uh way that the show is recorded the brush strokes are almost as uh, prevalent now, almost are at the same level as Bob Ross's own audio. Imagine Bob Ross in your head. Imagine Joy painting in your head. Yeah, you can hear that that scraping of the brushes on the on the board. 
he that dude is doing all of the triggers and they knew what they were doing this is what's interesting is that they knew that this was something that people liked to watch and listen to but the idea of ASMR you know was not part of the lexicon um well for me personally though i i would say like so is falling asleep kind of ASMR <laughs> nothing against bob ross but that's all it made relaxation, me relaxation i think really chill and then i would i would like if you put bob ross on i'm tired most of the time i probably just fall asleep right nothing against him just i 82 percent of people this is from that same study um uh 98% of people used it for relaxation um it 82% uh used ASMR to help them get to sleep 70% used it to deal with stress um a uh to that uh, the, uh, the 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 sex thing is is uh continues to be a big issue from that same study um, 5% of people reported using ASMR media for sexual stimulation. Mm. 84% of people strongly disagreed with that notion. It, it, it was not what they were seeking out, but it, it, it is hard to, especially if you're looking at it objectively. And if you're not someone who experiences this, a lot of the ASMR videos and the most popular ASMR videos are created by younger uh, attractive people, uh, predominantly women, I would say. And I do think the, the, uh, the use of certain sounds, certain voice sounds, um, could potentially be viewed as fetishistic for some people. Um, I, especially if you're yeah. looking at it, uh, objectively, I, I guess I, I see where you're going with that. And I, and like I said, I saw the connection, but I also would wonder if you took any subset of, YouTube videos, any specific type of mm -hmm. genre of YouTube videos and, and asked the general population, do any of you get turned on by this? Or do any of you find this sexually stimulating? You're going to get somebody to answer yes to pretty much everything. Aren't you? That's I mean, everybody's into everybody's into something. Right. And everybody's so, into everything. Somebody's into everything. Somebody's into everything. Everybody's into so something. I don't think you have to condemn ASMR videos if there are people who are using them for that because I think you'd have to condemn all media all things somebody's into it right like there's somebody out there who's like that's my thing and that's that's fine you know it's on you it's on your computer so what no research harm. is there about um, ASMR the answer is not much uh, most of it has been anecdotal there have been that study there are other studies that are that are in the works um, but it is not heavily researched for the reasons that you've already outlined um, some of the 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 actual like uh uh people who have some experience with with uh psychology or um uh, neurology um have talked about asmr somewhat but in a more casual sense trying to to connect some dots what few dots there are uh tom stafford is a lecturer in psychology and cognitive science at the university of sheffield he said that asmr um quote might be a real thing but it's inherently difficult to research Something like this, you can't see or feel and doesn't happen to everyone. Um, he compared the current status of ASMR research to synesthesia, which for years was a myth. Right. And then in the 1990s, there became a way of measuring it. And so it became easier to study. Can and, we, we can't measure research. ASMR though, right? No. 
No, there yeah, haven't we have been no the tools sort of MR, to... MR, Well, it's not even necessarily the tools. It's just the studies haven't been done. I mean, we could do MRIs, uh, you know, uh, to people who are experiencing do... it. Part of the problem is it's very hard to consistently get it to work. That's the autonomous part, right? Right. Well, and and then also if. I'd be interested to see even if you could do a functional MRI and see what lit up, you know, mm-hmm. what part of the brain lit up, so to speak, in response to something that was ASMR stimulating. What uh, what differentiates if it's let's say it's the pleasure center? Mm-hmm. What differentiates that from anything else that's pleasurable? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, how would you call it a distinct phenomenon and not just? And I think that might be one of my questions for you. And this is not me being a contrarian or being critical. I really want to know, how is this different from just what we accept as the enjoyable experience of another human paying attention to you and focusing their energy, thoughts, time, physical actions, whatever, on you? I mean, isn't that something we've known? I mean, obviously, we're drawn as animals. We are social animals. We're drawn to other humans. Most of us. Most of us like to be around other people at some point in time for some amount of time. How is it different? Well, I think that by and large, I think that it is not. Um, I I would say that the vast majority of times that I am watching, if I'm watching an ASMR video, uh, I'm finding it very relaxing. It's a good way of dealing with stress and anxiety for me. Um, I don't always get the specific tingling physical response but it does exist which does not which is only interesting in the fact that like we have names for the types of responses that you are like if you have a physical response to fear we know what that is called like we have a way of talking about that we have a way of measuring it this this idea of like a a pleasurable response that's tied to focus and attention is not necessarily something that we have a good way of talking about, especially the physical response to it. But do you think if, I mean, in all these cases where you're watching these videos, if instead I were to quit my job and be available in the corner of your office to come over anytime you're stressed or anxious or anytime you would normally watch one of these videos, if I were there to just physically interact with you, I don't mean anything guys i'm not talking like sexually i just mean like like if i were to talk with you or hug you or whatever brush your hair out of your face to to make you feel better and tell you that i'm here for you would that fill that need in the same way that these specific you know these very my, kind of my theory videos my, do my theory would be and i and i don't i don't know for sure but my theory would be that part of the the feeling of the response like the actual getting that that asmr feeling if you and i are interacting you obviously like on a deeper level have the capacity to like soothe me in a way that like some dumb internet video never could right i hope so yeah right um but but also i think that part of the the reason that these videos work in the way they do and is the lack of expectation Mm, you don't owe them anything exactly right like, and if I'm going to soothe you, I expect at some point in the future, if I need exactly, this thing, you're right? going to give it back. I mean, it's not a contingency, but that's kind of the, that's our pact. That's the pact, right? That's, that's what we deal. entered into. I think we probably said that in front of like 300 of our friends and family at some point. But my, but I ago. do think that, I think that broadly speaking, my theory about ASMR, um, and this is just somebody, as somebody who's like experienced it and researched it a very little bit, 
Um, my my theory would be is that it's a way of it's a it's a sort of clinical way of talking about exactly what you're saying. It's a clinical way of talking about the pleasurable physical sensations that we get sometimes when we're really locked into somebody, when we're really like plugged into somebody. Because you and I, I have experienced it, like when when you and I have been talking. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like especially if you and I are really like locked in and on the same wavelength and talking about something really like important and stimulating and fascinating and like yeah really good conversational groove i'll totally experience it you know it, it, definitely um that's when i tend to tear up though yeah it's I, when you get like sad and weepy no not sad and weepy you know what i'm talking about though i get that same when we're talking about something and i feel like we're really connecting and it's something that's really important not and it doesn't have to be sad that instead of that asmr sensation i get teared up i get choked up i get very emotional that's a sad mr it's a different thing. Um, I want to talk to you super quick uh, about uh, some of the videos uh, that I had you watch, some of the ASMR videos. Um, I have a playlist. I guess I could just share a link if people are curious about the ones that I selected for you. Um, I talked to you first, and I was hoping you could talk about this. When I described the response to you, um, I asked you for times that you thought that you'd sort of experience it in your day-to-day life, and you told me. The only thing that I could think of was really clearly is when I'm getting my hair done which I haven't in a while, but more than anything, the feeling of someone washing my hair, I think that's really there. I have a, I I especially have a hard time like letting the person (coughs) who's doing my hair just do it. I've had hairdressers accuse me of being a helper. I'm always wanting to move my head (laughs) for them. And so someone moving my head and touching my head and, and, and that more so than like cutting my hair, um, was the only thing that I could think of you know, um, as a consistent kind of trigger. So the first two, uh, videos that I had you watch were of haircuts. The first was by a guy named Paul artwork, which I'm assuming he picked this YouTube username before he really had a good (laughs) lock on what he wanted to do with it. Uh, but he's one of my favorite, uh, dudes and I don't know what it is. And again, a lot of this stuff is so, uh, so hard to talk about and so poorly researched that we really don't have, a good vocabulary here, but his voice is soothing. He's it, it has soothing voice. He's French Canadian. Um, tonight it's, it's a pretty accent. Uh, yeah, it's I a, enjoy that. It's a good accent. Um, so he had uh, uh, he had a haircut video. Did that did that work for you? Did that? There were moments. I had some moments in it. Um, where I had the sensation. I did. Mm-hmm. I don't think it. You you talk about it like it's so rare, and I feel like with the right things happening, it happens to me easily. It's not now I, I will say again, you being in the room and me also being aware that you had made these for me to watch mm-hmm. and sitting right there, there was an element that I felt like I was on display again. So then when I was a little uncomfortable about it and I felt like I was being display it it inhibited some of my relaxation. But there were still a couple moments where it was triggered. The the one thing that kind of pulled me out of it is that at one point he referenced that it was an ASMR video. Oh, so worse. And I then I got really self-conscious. This is my like absolute like plea. If you're in the ASMR community, please do not like, if you're pretending to work at a bookstore, do not welcome me to the ASMR bookstore. It feels very masturbatory and it really makes you hyper aware. Of what it I'm really to do does. Here. It would be like reading a piece of erotica on the internet. Not that I've ever done that. Just, just saying, just say, let's say somebody does somebody named Sydney, not me who does that in the middle of it, it said like, 
And I hope you're enjoying this erotic fiction that you're reading <laughs> on the internet. Um, <laughs> to continue. To get, moving uh, on. That, that was the yeah. moment that I had and that I felt very self-aware. And it, and then I couldn't anymore at that point. I had to actually move to the next video. There was one I had, I played for you by uh, an ASM artist, which is an actual term, but I just think it's ASM so funny. artist? Like an with a capital ASM R? artist. Okay. Yeah. Uh, named Springbok sure. ASMR. Uh, she does a... Uh, binaural bookstore role play of somebody working at a bookstore that did not work for you. No. My act Everything about it made me feel very uncomfortable. Yeah. Everything just, I, I felt if I, I don't want to, I, I hesitate to say it felt fetish like to me because that sounds like a, a negative thing. Like that, I'm, like I'm criticizing not, it for yeah. that. But if, I mean, if that's what you're into, I, I really don't care. I really haven't, I'm not judging that. That's fine. But to me, it felt like, okay, this is not my thing. This is not what I'm into. I am yeah. not turned on by this. I don't need you to the whole, everything about it. She was a very lovely person. And I am certain there are people who are into that. That was, I felt very uncomfortable uh, quickly. I also had you, you uh, she also had a book about giraffes that made me laugh out loud. Like literally I exploded with laughter when she pulled out a book and was like, I think your friend would be into this. And it was a giraffe book and I just lost it. Uh, another one that I, I like is the, uh, is by the lyrical whispers and he does a makeup, uh, role play that I think is pretty good. Except you were frustrated by part of it. There, so I actually, as he started, I thought he had some moments where he was a applying something moisturizer or something to my face. And I thought, Oh, okay. Maybe this is a thing for me. I don't, I, I can't remember the last time other than like my mom before homecoming that somebody put makeup on me, but maybe this is a thing. And I just haven't had anybody do it in so long. I don't remember. But part of his fiction was that he, this was the first time he'd ever put makeup on a person and I couldn't get out of my head. All I kept thinking was, why did I come to you? Why would yeah. I, if I, this, if I'm going to finally pay for somebody to do my makeup, I'm going to pay for somebody who knows how. Yeah. Uh, I gave you another one from ASMR requests, which was another makeup role play. Uh, the very last one. I yes. You. That one was better. Uh, I, I think the one thing though, that, that was very, um, because she knew what she was doing. It was about like stage makeup. So it was kind of bizarre, the makeup. And so you had more opportunity for weird things that you were doing. Uh, and, and she did the whisper thing, which I don't really think is a trigger for me. But in general, gosh, this sounds really weird. I think I would prefer not seeing the person. I think just the hearing was mm -hmm. better for me. The moments where the person would move out of view actually worked way better than someone's face like right up on the camera and me watching them do it. Like you, there was another haircutting video you skipped over that you sh you had me watch as well. Mm -hmm. And when this person was in front of me, I was very uncomfortable because she, she, it was a female and the camera was focused directly on her breasts every time she was in front of me and not every time, but, but often. and not intentionally because it's like a no, static camera. It's no, like, it's just, it's just, that's where I kept it's not looking. Like a, it's and not I like thought, it was pretending to be a dude who's like bazinga. No, it wasn't that at all. It was just like, this is, but then when she would move around behind me, I was like, ah, oh, now I don't have to look at anybody. This is much better. I actually think I would like videos better if I didn't have to see anything. Now, I, I also just because I was curious, had you watch a cranial nerve exam? Uh, and oh, yeah. That And how, how did that go as somebody who was an actual doctor? I'm just too, I think I'm just too practical to watch those and enjoy them. Uh, one, I don't, I felt like the history this doctor took was very incomplete. I don't know how he was going to be able to diagnose what type of headaches I had or offer any appropriate treatment regimens for them based on the very minimal data that he collected from me 
frankly. So that was number one. He took a very limited history. And two, the the exam itself, I mean, I know the exam and I know what he's doing. And so I know what he's doing right and wrong and whatever, not to criticize this particular person. He was doing a pretty good job, actually. All things being, you know, I don't know if this is a doctor or not, but if he's not, he's faking it well. But I know all that stuff. And so it didn't really do it for me. And then also, I wish I had that much time to see my it was patients. Like an hour long, yeah. Yeah, it was like an hour long, and I don't, I can't do a cranial nerve exam for an hour. Yeah. I'll get fired. Well, you know, Sid, we could, you, you could set this right, right now. What, like, do well, a, do a video? Do a I have my own, I mean, I have my own binaural microphone. I'm very uncomfortable with this idea. I really, I don't, for all the reasons that we've already talked about. But, I know, but Sydney. It's for the donors. It's our special donor episode. And you could make like, you're a doctor, like making it, I don't think that's ever even been done. But what about that? Like, what about the 5% that you talked about? What about the 5%? The fa- they don't, they're not donors for they're sure. They're not donors. For sure. Not I donors. don't want to, do you want to, I'm your wife. You really want to think about that? Okay. I'll do Charlie diapers for a week. All right, let's do it. your doctor today. It's good to see you. Um, unfortunately, I, I hear that you're here to see us for some problems today, so I'll be the one asking you some questions and uh, examining you, if that's okay. okay. Let me just get your chart here. Um, I know that my nurse has already asked you some questions. So it looks like you're here for some... Oh, you've got some sinus symptoms sounds like maybe some some cold type symptoms a little bit of cough maybe even a fever okay let me just um ask you a couple more questions about that and then we'll proceed with the physical exam Uh, first of all have you been feeling sick for very long okay okay well uh in addition to the cough and the and the fever have you had maybe some some headache some sore throat. Maybe you felt some any swelling in your, in your neck. You're like, yeah. Just not really feeling like yourself. Okay. Well, uh, I think that I need to check you out. Uh, sometimes we need to, to prescribe some medications for these kinds of problems. So, so we'll start with the physical exam. I'm gonna do a head and neck exam. Uh, This will include also your ears, your throat, um, and then the outside of your neck as well. So I'll I'll actually start with your head, if that's okay. Okay. So I'm just going to get up here, and I'm feeling your scalp, top of your head, all around to this side neck. Anything abnormal, any kind of, especially back here, there's actually lymph nodes in the back of your neck. A lot of people don't know that. Anything for any that might be swollen. Everything seems okay on this side. I'm gonna go around to the other side. 
seems to feel okay. So it's good. Throw that's behind your ears. We'll start on this side and in front of the ear. Feel okay. This side. Again, that feels okay. As long as we're doing this part of the exam, I'm going to feel for some lymph nodes in your neck and throat. We'll start down here and move our way up under your chin on this side and then we'll do on this side feel on your neck work our way up again under your chin that's good, everything seems to feel okay good a couple more exams that we need to do everything seems good so far I'm going to look in your eyes first so I have this light I'm going to shine in your eyes, okay? I'm going to shine this in your left eye first. Okay. I'm just going to get kind of close here. Look at your pupils. Okay. I'm going to look in your right eye. Same thing. Okay. That looks good. Good. Okay. Now I'm also going to use this light to look in your throat. So if you can just say ah for me. Examine the back of your throat, the roof of your mouth, the sides, under your tongue. Okay, good, good. That all looks very good. Okay. Uh, the next thing that I would like to do is to look in your ears to see if there are any problems with the, the eardrum, the tympanic membrane. So first I'm going to go around to your right side. I'm gonna look in this ear. So let me know if you feel any pain as I move your ear. I'm just gonna use my light here, the otoscope, and look in this ear. That looks pretty good. Okay. Now we'll go around to the other side. Look in your left ear as well. Again, please tell me if anything is uncomfortable. I'm looking at this here as well. Again, the tympanic membrane looks good. I don't see any fluid. Good. I don't see any infection in your ears. So that's all very good. We're almost done. A few more things. I want to feel your sinuses. You have a couple different sinuses I need to press on. And what I need you to tell me is to indicate if there's any pain. So first of all, here in your forehead, on the front of your forehead, right above your brow, apply some light pressure. Mm -hmm. Any pain there? Okay, good. How about in the area of your cheeks, right below your eyes? Your maxillary area? No. And then right here at the top of your nose, any pain there? No, good, okay, very good. One last thing I'd like to do uh, is to check your hearing. So what I'm gonna do is um, I'm gonna rub my fingers together far away from your ear and I'm gonna slowly move them closer and I want you to indicate to me when you can hear them. So starting on your left side,
good. Okay, good, good. Okay, so you can hear that. Now let's let's try the right side. Same thing. Let me know when you can hear them. Okay, good, good. Very good. So actually, well, one more thing I, I would like to do before we leave. I'm, I'm actually going to have to go around behind you to do this part of the neck exam, okay? So I'm going to move around to this side and then come around from behind you. You're going to feel my hands touching your throat here. This is actually part of the thyroid exam. I'm going to feel your throat just very gently on both sides and then in the center of your throat here this is your thyroid gland I'm just going to need you to swallow for me okay good good okay everything feels good good okay I'm going to come back around back to the front I think that completes the, the physical exam that I need to do uh, to move further. Um, I do think that uh, you're doing well. I think everything looks pretty good so far, but to be sure, to be on the safe side, I'd, I'd like to do a, a throat swab. So I'm going to have to leave to go to go get that. Um, before I leave, thank you for participating in this exam, for coming to see me today. Thank you everyone for donating to Maximum Fun and for enjoying our podcast and for listening to this one as well. And I hope you enjoy many other, perhaps not as unusual, podcasts from us in the future. So I'll go get that throat swap now. Thanks. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.